All right, we should be live. It has been a while since I've done this. I'm very much out of practice, but I believe what I say here is hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast Twitch channel. My name is Michael, and we're here tonight for Detention Live. Joining me as always is my co-host, Chris. Chris, say hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. And then join us tonight as a special guest co-host. You have seen him here many times before, and if things work out, you'll continue to see him in the future. It's Kevin. Kevin, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. It's me, Kevin. Glad to be back. I, I always love hanging out with detention and hanging with you guys and talking stuff. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I absolutely <laughs> am as well. Um, this is, I've said it before, this is basically my favorite show that we do, uh, mostly because it's the easiest one. There's absolutely zero pre preparation that goes into it, uh, which is obvious to anyone that is watching, but it's also a lot of fun. So basically the way things work is the three of us are just going to talk about stuff. It's mostly related to RPGs, but not always. And hopefully we'll have a little bit of fun. If there is anybody who's watching, uh, we do like an audience Q&A at the end. But if you want to chat throughout that, I just think the show works better, I think, when people are interacting with us. Uh, but we're going to start with extracurricular. And this is where we just talk about things we've been up to recently. Recently, I've been to a catacomb, but we're going to save that for a used book. So we're going to skip over a catacomb. But other than that, Chris, what you been up to lately, buddy? Uh, well, work has always been pretty busy. Um, playing a lot of Diablo 4 when I can. Still? Okay, you've been on that one for a while. Yeah. Nice. Uh, they do seasons. Ew, so the seasons okay. have different things. So mm. different little stories and stuff. So it's got me in it. And I've got a few friends who are playing. So it's nice to just get on there and BS a little and go kill things. Other than that, uh, let's see. I'm rewatching The Boys because mm -hmm. I know that the next season is going to be next soon. Did you watch Gen finished... V? Is it Gen V or Gen 5? Because people keep telling me, no, it's Gen 5. I'm like, no, it's a V. It's There's Gen no V for Vines. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah, what I said. V. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes, I did. I really liked it. Uh, Jack, uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit, the Catacon. But I, I, I'm just rewatching it. I did enjoy Gen V. I just want to rewatch the boys. I just enjoy it. <laughs> and it's fun to rewatch it because you pick up little things you didn't catch the first time. And I really like it when shows do that. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, we just watched Bodies on Netflix. I've heard was... mixed on that. I like the concept, but I heard it little bit of good, a little bit of bad, so I haven't dug into it yet. It wasn't bad. A little slow in parts. A couple parts got a little predictable. Um, I kind of predicted the ending. But I think that's... I think part of it is, as a game master, is we start being able to piece together a story and they go, aha, that's where it's going to go. And this one was that way for me. Other than that, just getting ready for a good old winter in Michigan. <laughs> So yeah, do all the yard work and blow out the underground sprinkling and all the boring stuff around the house. So what have you been up to Kevin? Spigots and stuff, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm in Michigan too, Southeast Michigan. So I, uh, I feel your pain on that. It was actually nice today though. It was mm -hmm. like in the mid seventies. So that was beautiful. Got to go out and enjoy the sun one last time before the winter gets its claws in us. But uh, I've been hanging out, you know, doing lots of gaming and lots of cool, fun stuff online. Um, and uh, really in terms of like, extracurricular type of fun stuff um i rewatched um werewolf by night uh, about well, a week or so ago the, whatever the color edition i was gonna say but this time i watched it in color and i gotta be honest i thought before i watched it in color that the color wouldn't actually make that much of a difference and really i liked it better in black and white it felt like it captured the spirit of like this old you know old style like universal monsters mm -hmm thing so um i mean it was still good obviously but um the black and white just really made it you know it was just a lot of fun watching it that way but um other than that we're not really watching too many things to be honest i, I i've started follow the house of usher like twice and then my 10 year old comes in the room mm. and I'm like oh, i gotta turn this off you know so <laughs> i did but, see that one yeah I, I liked how it i mean it tied a lot of this this is poems and stuff together um so it was good. I liked that one. If you like that kind of spooky, creepy kind of vibe. It wasn't yeah. jump scare kind of vibe, but it was just creepy and suspenseful. I'm yeah, a Flanagan stan, a Flanistan. Uh, yeah, pretty Flanistan. much everything that dude's done, I've really enjoyed. Midnight Mass yeah. is amazing. Uh, that oh, keep yeah. Stephen King adaptation he did, the, um, oh, the one where she's 
tied to the bed. Oh my, Gerald's game was like, it's like oh, an yeah. unadaptable story and he made it amazing. So yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Oh yeah. Yeah. He does a lot of really great stuff. The, um, but yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. And, and it's a shame. Cause yeah, like I, I'm the same way. I liked all of his other stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of new to it. I, I'm new to horror in general, honestly. Mm. I, I was one of those really kind of uh sissy dudes growing up that didn't mm-hmm. like horror or wasn't into horror. And it's only been recently that I've actually kind of just been like, you know what? Let's get to watch this stuff. And so I've been watching like all of that stuff within the last like four months Been watching all of his stuff. So that's been cool. But uh, yeah, we haven't haven't finished it up yet, but we will. We will. We'll get there. But <laughs> but uh, think, other than that, yeah, just kind of hanging out, you know. And, and to me, horror is to me, there's a difference between horror and just gore. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. To me, horror is creepy and suspenseful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do the gore. I just to me, the story is boring. Oh no! Here comes the killer. He's chasing you. Ah, right. Sorry, Michael. If you trip and fall and go, oh my ankle. Sorry, bro. Love you. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy it. with a machete behind us. Yeah. I'm running. There's an old saying: you don't have to be faster than the guy with the machete. You have to be faster yeah. than your buddy. That's you right. Know what I mean? yep. <laughs> that's right. So that's it. Yeah, and if we ever go to a cab and we find, you know, Steve's head in the toilet, we're leaving. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to go I'm check the basement. We're not going to go check the attic. Find the killer. We're oh. going to leave. That's oh, it. the car won't start. Oh, we're walking this way. Yep, yeah, we're right out of there. I agree. I agree completely. <laughs> yeah, I, I view horror movies a lot like uh, my B action movies. Most of mm. it's not good, but there is fun to be had with the bad ones. And then when you find oh, yeah. a good one, it's like just special, you know? It's just like that mm-hmm. diamond Absolutely. in the road. like, that was actually a good movie. These were bad movie, but they were fun bad movies. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I think maybe that's why I'm getting into it more now is because I've realized that, you know, when I was younger, um, you know, it was always just, a, oh, it's scary. It was a black and white thing. Oh, mm-hmm. it's scary or it's not. And now I'm starting to learn that, yeah, there's like Chris is saying, there's different levels of what's creepy, what's gory, what's scary, what's not. And it's kind of fun to push those boundaries a little bit now. I like it. But yeah, Flanagan stuff is really cool, though. Yeah. Really, really cool, though. Supposedly, so, he's now working on The Dark Tower, which would be That would be incredible. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really cool. Because I know they've um, nothing against Idris Elba, but uh, that, that that didn't that didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, th- that would be really cool to have somebody who has that attention to detail and builds up a story over you know like the slow burn. Mm-hmm. It would be really cool to see him do that for sure. Michael, what have you been up to? Oh, just a quick shout out because we already mentioned Jack is in chat. Uh, Scurvy Nave has dropped in, and then Wonders Haven. First time they've been here, so. Appreciate the three of you hanging out with us. If anyone else is here, lurking is always fine, uh, but we do enjoy it when people chat with us and, and interact. That's always appreciated. Uh, so again, we're going to talk about a catacon in a little bit. Uh, that takes up about three months of my life. And it just sort of, sort of happened that my regular job uh, has gotten a little bit more time intensive than it had been for a while, which is exactly the wrong time for that to happen. So I went from having like three part-time jobs to having like three full-time jobs in the matter of a couple of weeks right before Catacon. So it was very hectic. So that's really all I've done. But a few things that I've squeezed in, I'm still doing the Smallville fan cast, uh, Farm to Fable. We've, I've managed to keep up with that. Uh, we are almost at the end of season six. I, I recorded episode 19 last night. I'm recording episode 20 this weekend. And uh, there's 22 episodes this season, so I should be able to keep it up pretty soon. And then uh, a lot of TV. I loved Loki season two. It, it is uneven, absolutely uneven. But the highs of that show are just astronomically high and beautiful. Absolutely. That that final episode is like a tear jerking and some just beautiful imagery. It pays off that character perfectly in my mind. Absolutely. Absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like the the stuff that we we love about Marvel, where the stuff pays off. Yeah, you know, you you put the time in, and then when you watch it, you're like, oh yeah, nice. I'm glad I did that. <laughs> so absolutely. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I did go watch see the Marvels, and yeah, I know it's doing terrible, and, and everyone's like, "Oh God, Marvel's dying." Whatever, no, it's not. People, I don't believe in superhero fatigue. I believe in bad movie fatigue. And mm-hmm. if you give me five really good superhero movies a year, I will see all. Of them. If you give me five good superhero movies in a month, I will see all of them happily. But the problem is that the last few haven't been that great, though there are exceptions. Like Spider Man made a billion dollars, so obviously if people will go out and see the ones that they enjoy. But I thought the Marvels was fun. 
Is it a great movie? No, it is not. But is it a fun movie? Absolutely, yes. I laughed throughout the whole thing. My kids really liked it. I would happily go see it again. I'd pay for it to see it in theaters. I will definitely watch it on Disney+. Plus. It would be part of my regular Marvel routine. It's absolutely great. So hopefully, if you haven't seen it yet, if, you, if some of the negative reviews sort of kept you away, don't listen to that. It's fun. Go watch it. It's a good time. And then Invincible. I love Invincible. Oh my God, it's such a great show. Season two just started. I think two or maybe three episodes are out. Uh, again, the art style is kind of, it's like it's not trying to be like big, I guess. Like it's like kind of simple, almost like when there's an anime style where there's a lot of just like people aren't moving and just like their eyes and face move. But I don't care because the story is so good that I, I don't mind at all that the animation is kind of lackluster. Love the show. Love, love, love. Cannot wait to see more of it. I haven't seen any of that yet. Is that the one that's based on the Image comic? Yes. So it's Robert Kirkman, okay. same guy who created The Walking Dead. Um, okay. I, uh, I I mentioned this before. When we first moved here to Kentucky and then I had my gastric bypass and then COVID hit. So like all three of those things happened within like six months of each other. So I had a lot of time on my hands because I wasn't working at all at that time. I hadn't started my job yet. Uh, I got into Hoopla, which is a digital library service. Like if you have a library card, you can just get free stuff, including comics, digital comics. So I read the entire Invincible run in, I don't know, like a month or two. I just like just kept every time I could get new issues, I got new issues devoured it and loved it. It's fantastic. So much fun. And then, so this, you know, this uh, animated version and even the, I think in some ways the animated version is actually an improvement because mm-hmm. they've, they've made some changes to the story. They made a few tweaks, like a second draft sort of thing that I think actually has improved it. So I'm absolutely loving it. It's, it's so good. Can't wait. Can't wait for more. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Else. I watched the killer on Netflix. I heard really good things. I did not like it. I thought it was kind of bad and boring. I haven't I've seen that. that. One. Yeah. I've heard that. So it's the new uh, David Fincher movie. Yeah, right? yeah, David Fincher's got um, Magneto. What's his face? Michael Fassbender. That's the one. Uh, yeah. I love him as an actor. He's so good. Oh yeah, he's I just awesome. Yeah. Didn't this one didn't connect with me for some reason? And then I did end up buying the new Spider-Man game on PS5, knowing Ooh. I would not play it until after a Catacon. Still haven't played it, but because <laughs> uh, I do work at a school, I get. Next week, I'm off Wednesday through Sunday. And then for Christmas, we're off for like three weeks. I'm going to play the crap out of that game over Christmas break. That's my plan. Nice. Uh, and then the last thing I will say is I'm actually about to start a new game for my family. Uh, so John and Jacob, they came to a catacomb, which about it too. But John and Jacob both came. They ran games. We've been playing stuff together. But I haven't been really running anything for them. Uh, John is now running his own game for some of his friends. And I got the new Fandelver and Below from Watsy. The it's the sort of the updated oh. version of the Fandelver adventure with like a back half that involves some stuff that we're going to do a review on soon. And I'm going to run that for my boys, and each of them has a friend from school, so we're going to be playing this uh, pretty regularly. I don't run a lot of modules, but I'm pretty excited about trying to stick with this one and actually running it throughout and actually getting all the way up to 12th level. So they're excited about what characters they want to play. I'm excited about the opportunity to run for them. So that's probably my biggest gaming news is uh, we're supposed to play the first session during the Christmas break and then probably play it monthly is kind of the the plan. So that was more than I thought I was going to cover in extracurricular. So we're going to jump into our first improv game. And that, of course, is 10 things. The idea here is we're going to take turns prompting one another to create a list that matches the prompt. Uh, Immediacy is more important than accuracy. So coming up with a list quickly is better in terms of the game than a list that takes a long time but actually makes a lot of sense. Kevin, you are the guest tonight, so you get to choose. Do you want to go first in terms of prompting someone or go first in terms of being prompted? You know what? Uh, I'll live dangerously. I'll be prompted first. Let's do it. All right. So you've been watching horror movies. So give oh me top 10 kills from horror oh, movies or make up top your 10 kills. Top 10 kills from horror movies. Uh, do I have to do them in order how amazing they are? Because that would be even trickier, but we could do it. But no, yeah. top 10 kills in movies. Uh, there are, Half of the list is going to be on The Shining, right? I mean, <laughs> Dick Halloran getting killed with an axe in The Shining is absolutely amazing. It's my favorite. I'll One. preface that. But the rest of them are going to be, uh, let's see. There isn't the omen that this guy gets his head cut off with a pane of glass, I think. Two. Um, there's going to be, uh, is it also the omen where the person jumps off the balcony under the, the thing? No, what's that movie? Uh, it's Kenneth Branagh's in it. And the people, 
I don't know. You don't have Somebody to be specific. You can just like you know head decapitated. Oh, okay. They know. get killed on a on a on a, a scissors statue. Uh, Three. There's somebody who gets uh, melted in a bathtub. Four. There's somebody Four. who gets uh, ground up in a meat grinder. Five. There's somebody who is going to uh, gonna have what happens in Saw. They get pulled apart. They get dismembered with some sort of weird creepy machine. Six. There's gonna be somebody who um, gets their head blown off with a rocket Seven. uh there's gonna be somebody who uh gets eaten by a dog Eight. uh there's so- somebody who gets run over by a car Nine. and somebody who gets uh their nose cut off and it can't smell that there's gasoline to get blown up 10 i made that one up that was in fact a list of 10 things all it's right probably in a movie probably somewhere anyway. yes so that means you will then prompt chris oh prompting chris okay let's get let's get juicy here so chris Mm-hmm. I'm at a topic near and dear to your heart. Your 10 favorite Star Wars characters that are not Jedis. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, gotta go R2D2. One. Uh, Chewbacca. Two. Uh, Han Solo. Three. Gosh, that are not Jedi. Whew. Uh, oh, God. What's his name? 1 1 D4. Four. D4. Yeah. D4. Uh, well, you've got Mando. Five. Uh, you've got to have, boy, an art Jedi. That's a tough one. That's tough. Lando. Six. Princess Leia. Seven. Got to have her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Padme. Eight. Can't forget her. Uh, Padme's uh, handmaiden. Nine. <laughs> there you go. Who took the, took the, took the shot. Kira Knight. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and we'll go with, um. Well, we'll go with Boba Fett. Ten. Nice. That was, in fact, a list yeah. of ten things. Uh, Jag mentioned in chat that Fan Devil and Below will take quite a while to run through. I, I know that. I don't know how long. It's supposed to go to level 12, which I've never ran D&D to that level. So I'm excited about that, but I do know that it's going to take a little while. And uh, in my history, it'll probably fall apart before we get there anyways. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. So, Chris, you get to prompt me. All right. Uh, let's go with one that I've been thinking about. Uh, name 10... Uh, foods or snacks you want to have at a game night okay uh cheetos one pizza rolls two cheese and crackers three peanut butter crackers four cupcakes five peanut butter fudge six uh laffy taffies seven pie eight pizza nine chili Ten. Yay. Yay. That was more food than snacks, but, you know, again. I'm coming to game at your house, Michael. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) What a a spread. You don't like peanut butter I take it, Chris? No, not at all. Yeah. Um, So I work at a school, so we're not allowed to have peanut butter at all. But Mm -hmm. uh, basically, since my surgery, peanut butter crackers is like 90% of my daily intake. Like almost every day. I eat like two six packs. That's my lunch and it's a snack, but I can't have those at the school. So it's, it's difficult. So I I do crave now peanut butter and also I just, I've always liked peanut butter. Okay. So anyway, so now we're going to move into used books. So normally in the show, if you're new here, uh, we would ask our guest to talk about a campaign that that person has ran or played in. And we're going to, we would kind of mine it for lessons learned, maybe things that went really well that they've learned from and they do now, or maybe they tried something and it just fell apart. And either they don't do that again, or if they did it again, they would change some things. Tonight, we're going to do that a little bit differently because one, Kevin didn't know he was going to be here till like 37 minutes ago. And uh, we just got back from a catacon. It's on top of mine. So we're going to make this sort of a general convention talk. Uh, obviously, Chris and I are going to talk a little bit about a catacon. Uh, but Kevin, absolutely, is free, feel free to jump in with any of your convention experiences, positive or negative, that you want to talk about. Uh, but I'll start with you, Chris. So we, did, we literally just got back from a catacon. We're still recovering mm-hmm. highlights, uh, lowlights. Just what's the first thing that comes to your mind that you'd like to talk about tonight for a catacon? Uh, well, every year, my, one of my favorite parts is just how the group of us just come together and make things happen. Like it just works, you know, what, you know, kind of a low light with the highlight was we got that new room. It's huge. You give me the layout, we start measuring the room. And then all of a sudden I run into 
a literal wall <laughs> that they just added in <laughs> earlier in the week. Yeah, not exaggerating. There was a wall there that was not on our schematics. That we lost Amazing. 16 feet on one wall. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just shift it over this way, then realize they put a wall in the other corner too. Yep. So now we've lost space, and I'm like, all right. Wow. All right, Michael, I got to rearrange stuff. Who paid for corners? Who paid? For, like, I don't want the vendors to feel like, you know, they got messed up if we shift things around. So quickly, we figured out how to shift it around. Then they walk over, and they put two big X's across two of the bathrooms. I'm like, are those bathrooms going to be closed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, one vendor specifically requested to be near a bathroom. Yep. So now I have to look at the map and go, okay, let's redo this again and reshift some people around. And oh, everybody came together to help me move tables real quick. And, and keep in mind, most of this was, well, moving tables around was 10 minutes before the doors opened that, you know, on Friday. So to me, it's always neat how stuff doesn't go right and our group just somehow figures a way to make it work and we just come together then friday we open up registration and i don't think i've ever seen it that busy on opening i would agree that again maybe my memory's faulty i'm an old man but that felt like more on friday than we've ever had well because my original plan was okay about 8 30 i'll wander out and see what gms might need players and i'll kind of help direct some people and maybe i'll join in a game it was 10 30 before we had cleared out the crowd and I was like, well, most of the games have started. So mm -hmm. let's play a game here. But then the next wave came in and I was like, this is crazy. We had over Brad and I sat down and, and figured out we had over half of the people that had pre-registered got their badges in the first two and a half hours. Wow. And I don't think we've ever had it that fast, which was nice because then kind of the rest of the day it was us just sitting around playing games and just helping chat with people and talking with vendors, helping them get set up. Um, yeah, Jack, the, Jack, you're correct. I'm getting yep. there. <laughs> so part of Friday too, this would be my big low point. People start sitting down and all you hear behind this wall is construction. And I mean like oh. jackhammer level sound. And I mean, I've got, tables that can't even hear themselves so i just walk out i'm like find another table yep. and they're like well what if other people have that table later i go tell them to come find me i'll yeah. find them another table and you know, secret i was just going to say find another table there's <laughs> 25 more tables than we've ever had so yep. you'll have more so then me being my personality said all right good cop bad cop time I see somebody from the DCC. I'm like, Hey, that construction, how long is it going to be? I need to know how much of a refund I'm about to get. His eyes got big. 10 minutes later, I don't even think 10 minutes later, the head of it came over and goes, we're sorry. That'll be done in five minutes. Talking to Michael, who's now good cop. Yep. I get to be the he good gets guy. Be good. I had, you know, he deals with it more than I do. And I don't know if me saying refund, what sparked it, or they just <laughs> went, right. Oh crap we made a mistake and they changed it. I, I don't really care. It, it got taken care right. of. And that is all that matters, but it, it was a mis mistake. Um, the construction people were not supposed to be there on Friday. They had misinterpreted our vendor hour. Cause we had a, we had basically from X to Y specifically security on site. that could watch the roll up doors to let our vendors come in. So they thought that meant that's all was happening was vendor set up. They didn't think there'd be mm. people there on site doing things. So they thought they could basically sneak in and get like four or five hours of work done on that day. And then they were going to leave when the vendor hours were over, but we started playing games at nine and vendor hours ran till one. So once we told them that they were like, okay. And then they left. So it was, it was a miscommunication between the construction crew and the DCC staff about what that meant on our list of stuff we were doing that day. Yeah. So, you know, after that, everything went smooth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, Friday, Saturday went smooth. I mean, the the raffles were smooth. The play to win, everybody really liked that. Um, I did enjoy Caleb and I played a little game in the raffle. We saw which were the popular prizes in each raffle, and we put them in the middle of the table. So when I would draw numbers, I would reach for it when I got 
to that middle table and then go, oh, wait, hold on, and can go around it. <laughs> and that was always the last thing. And there was always the running joke of, all right, you know, all right, there's one one prize on the table. All right, hey, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Right. Nobody wanted this one, so we're just going to put it back. And people are like, wait, what? I'm like, fine. <laughs> we'll see if there's tickets in there. And, of course, I mean, the, the box yeah. was full. So yeah. that's awesome. We had fun with that. Um, otherwise, I just I enjoyed sitting back. Uh, playing games. I taught Thunder Road six, seven times uh, to the point where I was like, okay, I, enough of you know how to play this game. I like it, but I'm done for a little bit. Right, yeah. I don't need to play it six times in a row, especially since I started figuring out the strategy. And then all of a sudden as a new player, I'm like, hey, please don't do that. And they're like, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm like, okay, well, you're going to die. <laughs> And they were like, no, I'm not. I'm like, trust me, this is going to happen. And then it, they get knocked off and they're like, oh, I, I told <laughs> I you. Tried, I tried to help you. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, Jack mentioned thank you to the donors. Absolutely. Those, that we had so many prizes this year uh, that it was just, it was, again, it was our biggest year ever in terms of attendance, in terms of number of prizes and number of play to win. And that is absolutely directly responsible to our donors. And a lot of those really big prizes, and again, this is not, you know, anything negative on any donors, but Bookery and Free League, they like threw down the gauntlet for like how much cool nice. stuff they could give us. It was impressive and kind of ridiculous at the same time. Yeah, that giant dragon they gave out was probably the most popular yeah, thing. Retail, that's like 270 Cause I was I went and looked it up immediately. I was like, what are they giving us? Yeah, if you buy it off Amazon or wherever, it's like two seventy retail for that thing. Yeah. Is it like a mini or like a Well, it's it's a like... mini, but it's it's I mean, about three feet tall oh, it's, a, wow. it's a maxi nice um okay it's yeah. a big okay. giant dragon red yeah yeah so Very that cool. was nice i also a big high point for me is always after we're done you know we went back to the hotel and i think it was saturday night we just happened to say to the person working the front desk hey i see that meeting room's empty and the guy's like yeah the door's unlocked help yourself oh. so i think we had 15 or 20 of us that were in there until one or two in the morning, just nice. hanging out. That's nice because for us, you know, it, it gives us a chance from going away from being, you know, hi, sir, how can I help you to, all right, Kevin, what's up? Like, how's yeah, life? Right, yeah. Like, we can kind of just relax and, you know, chit chat and have an adult beverage mm -hmm. or two um, and have a little bit more just, I guess, adult language too, because you kind of, vent a little bit about some things, but mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. Um, I think the really true high point for me was seeing, you know, Jared bring his son. So you bring your kids, you know, Quentin, you know, my son is almost 20. He's been to a catacon, but for me to now see other people bringing their kids and watching them get to have that same experiences that I had with my son and some of the same arguments. Um, was fun, you know, Jared, you know, talking to me about how thankful he was that everybody, you know, Hey, come on in, Joe, have a seat. Let's play games and just kind of welcomed him in. Mm. And, and Jared was really touched by that. And I was like, Hey man, that's, you're part of the group, yep. part of the family, so to speak. And, you know, he was really touched. And if you don't know Jared, he's very talkative, very outgoing. He doesn't get quiet and like, just sit there and be like, thank you. You know, have that kind of just moment. And it was just nice to see that. Mm -hmm. And I had fun, you know, meeting, meeting your wife and kids. Now that, you know, uh, now that we've met, I've told her she's got to come to the faculty retreats, <laughs> leave the kids at home. Yeah. There you go. I told her that you can make an automatic feeder for me. Just push a button. <laughs> and some pizza rolls fall out. Well, that's the reason we moved yeah. to Kentucky was be closer to our families because, like, you know, we didn't have that for like the first eight or nine years of our life. We had no family and wow. not that many friends, so we didn't have the ability. Like, hey, can you watch our kids for a night? Now we live next to the in-laws and the sister-in-law. You know, her sister, so we can like drop our kids off and go. You you take care of them for the weekend. Like that's that's part of the deal yes. now. Yeah. So nice. I, you know. Bring her to the faculty retreat. She was we're, a lot of fun. We're talking about it. Um, so my, my wife is not really into gaming anywhere near the level that I am. She she does like some board games and the ones that she likes, she really likes, but she's not very ambitious or adventurous when it comes to those. She doesn't 
like she used to like play D&D when we were in college dating just to like hang out with me, but she's never really enjoyed that. But she's a very analytical person. And this was her first time coming to a catacon and she really kind of got into like the nitty gritty of, of running a convention. Like, and you know, humility aside, she finally got to see me in a capacity she's never seen before. Like even when I worked my jobs, like she was never there, but she got to see how it works and what part I play and, and all the different things. And, you know, I, I think she was somewhat impressed, uh, but she's also like, this can be so much better. So now her analytical mind is like trying to figure out ways that we can improve. And she, her current plan is for origins. Um, she was doing, and again, this was all her. She went and did some research on how you can get a free badge to origins and a guest badge. If you volunteer, I think it's like 32 hours, you get a badge and a free badge. So she wants to volunteer at origins and like, just learn, like just whatever they assign her to do and then learn from that and come back and like, okay, this is what I learned from origins dummy. Here's how you do it better. Uh, so she's like all in, like trying to like improve things, which is great. Also annoying, but I love her. Uh, (laughs) but, but we're working through that right now, but, uh, it, it was very special for me again, to see my boys not only come there but participate playing games run games uh was gonna ask if they got a chance to run yeah so john ran a dnd session and jacob ran some werewolf and they both had a really good time they got to play in some really cool games so it was very special for me as a as a father and as a gamer to to, you know share that with them Uh, the thing about a catacon is it, you know, it, it is so much work that it's it's not it's it is not worth the work if we're trying to like measure like income expenditures like like we did make a little bit of money this year I'm very happy to, to report we did, we we did a little better than break even but we didn't make anywhere near enough money to pay anyone including myself for the time we put into it but part of it is that every year we try to improve a little bit and it seems like every year there's some big change that kind of keeps us from just easily applying lessons to the next year. So like this year, because the room that we normally use was under construction, we got a much bigger room, way, way bigger, which was super cool. But that mean meant I had to redesign the entire layout. I had to redesign the vendor layout. And then to Chris's point, when we were trying to put people in places, it still didn't work out because there was things there. So then we had we a brand do new that in real time in, in real time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had to set up registration completely different, which I think was better, but it still was different. We definitely learned some lessons for next year, but next year we're going to be in a completely different room again. Cause the cons- I've been talking to the DCC, the construction is like a rolling re- remodel. So the room mm-hmm. we were in this year, we won't have next year. So we're going to have a different room. We're going to have a different setup. So every time it's like, Oh, I can just, you know, copy, print, paste that, or, you know, copy, copy, paste, whatever. I can't every year. It's like, I have to rebuild from scratch, all these, oh, these things, which is, it's just frustrating, but it's not terrible. It's just a lot of busy work. It's just a lot of repetitive work. And also I have anxiety issues. So I, I try to be, I overdo things, which causes some problems. I try to get ahead and then I end up doing things that I then have to redo. If I had just waited and gotten all the information, then I could have just done it once, but instead I do it three times. Totally my fault, but that's just also who I am. That's not going to change. So there's all these little things that I do that makes things harder for me and for everyone around me, but I don't know how to fix it other than like, you know, taking my brain out and washing it and putting it back. And unfortunately that's impossible. (laughs) Well, you figure that out, let me know, because I have a similar issue. I I have, uh, my wife jokes that I have OCD, but I really don't. But like, I, I'm, I'm like that. I'll do things multiple times or I'll have to redo them because I'm like, oh no, it's gotta be done right now. But yeah. Well, one, for like example, that. one of the things I did is I took a tape measure on Saturday and I went out and I like measured the area in front of our registration area because I had thought that we would be using, like I thought I knew the room we would be using the next year. So I like basically drew a schematic. I got on my Excel spreadsheet and I made like a square per foot. So I basically had a, a, a one-to-one ratio of the outline of the registration area so that we could play with how we would set up registration next year. And guess what? That's not the room we're using. So all of that oh, no. <laughs> completely wasted. Uh, and then the, the place that we use this year, we're going to be adjacent so we're going to kind of be in the same place, but not exactly. So again, I can't just go, oh, do this and then change it. We're still going to have to rebuild everything. But enough of the negative. It was 
it was great. Like uh, to Chris's point, we had more people than ever. Things went very, very smoothly after that initial vendor and then the construction. There were issues because it was still dusty and dirty. Like, but again, there's nothing really could really do about that. But from what we could control, thrilled, absolutely thrilled by it. And I say it every chance I get. I will continue to say it forever. A catacon does not exist without Chris and Kaylee and Caleb and Michael and John and Jared and, and Brad and Michael. And there's like three Michaels now, uh, literally could not do it without them. It's like, it's like magic. It's like a wizard thing. Like there's verbal and somatic components, which are those people. And then me asking for help and then magic happens. And then a catacomb like a spell that just sort of drops down as a, as, as a thing. And I'm so grateful. I mean, just cannot express how grateful I am to those people for, cause I, and I says, I literally don't understand why they help me. Like, I don't know why they do it, but they do. And if one day they're going to be like, no, we're done, and I'm going to be in trouble. But until then, a catacon only is, exists because of them. And I am so grateful because I love a catacon. And I love these people. I love Chris as a friend. I love Michael. I love Caleb. I love Brad, everybody. And it's like, it is balm for my soul to get to spend a weekend with these people every year. And that's why we do it now three times a year. We just, catacons once, but we have two faculty retreats. We'll probably end up doing four of those. Like by the time we're all old and retired, we'll just like get in a retirement community together because it is so special nice. to me. Uh, again, I could talk about a catacon for nine hours. I don't want to do that. I want to give Kevin a chance here because you've been to some conventions, not a catacon, but you've been to some others. So uh, yeah, but yeah, I went to a catacon last year. And oh, that's I right. You did go last year. That's right. Yeah, yeah I went last yes. year. I, I, no, yeah, no, no problem. I, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I wish I had been able to go this year, but it just wasn't in the in the cards for my schedule. Um, real quick, before I get into what, did you get a chance to run any Action 12 cinema at the I, I didn't. I ran my murder mystery game that I run okay. every year. And then this year, Chris and I actually developed a new Star Wars Dread game. So I retired Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. And now we're doing a Star Wars Dread game. We got a chance to test it at the most recent faculty retreat, made some very good adjustments. And I think the session that we ran this year was probably a B plus A minus. Oh, wow. Nice. It was great. Could be a little bit better. I think some of the rules we came up with are, were very cool and interesting. It's it's dread, but there's a couple twists to it. Uh, so those are the two that I ran. So I've mentioned this before. I love, obviously, Action 12 Cinema. Like it's, it's the game I wrote. I love it. I do not actually enjoy running it for people or facilitating it because of the anxiety that I have. Like if you wanted to run it and tell me all about it, I'll sit down and talk to you all day. But the entire time that I'm ever facilitating that game, I am emotionally a wreck on the inside. Oh, wow. So I don't don't really do it now that I've, the playtests are over. I want other people to play it and tell me, but I don't actually want to be involved. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? That makes sense. I could see that. That would be kind of a nerve-wracking thing because, you you know, you're worried about it's, – it's a different approach. You know, you, you're so entrenched in the creation of it. I could see why that'd be yeah. different. That, it's, I, I feel like people are not having fun and they're constantly lying to me. And saying they are because they feel sorry. Like I'm not in my head. That's what's happening is everyone's miserable and no one will tell me. So they're all pretending to have fun. That's what my brain does oh, no. when I play my own game. So I know. Well, I can say not to kiss any butts or anything, but I have played Action 12 Cinema three times now and I have loved it all three times. And the folks that um, I've either played uh, or uh, run for have all loved it and yeah. thought it was a really fun and game. i love hearing that and i believe yeah, you no, it, it, unless i'm there with you and then you're a liar no it's not <laughs> no it's a fun game it's a it's a blast we had we had a really fun time we we did one where it was i don't know we were fighting zombies in a mortal combat kind of tournament that, that was just all kinds of wild stuff it's a wild game but uh <laughs> but yeah but no um cons though um but yeah i um i went to the first con I went to was actually Gen Con I went to in 2021. Um, I was supposed to go in 2020, but, you know, things happen. we all know how that went. And uh, so I ended up going to 2021. And it was interesting because what I kept hearing when I was there was everybody who were regulars there being like, oh, it's so small this year. There's nobody here. Paizo didn't even come. This this stinks, blah, 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 blah. And I thought it was awesome. And then I see pictures like from this year where it's like 80,000 people. And I'm like, I would have an anxiety attack if there were that many people around me at one time. So I'm kind of glad that I went that it was like 32,000 people or something yeah. like that. And there was room to breathe. Um, 
but uh, but I've done a couple other ones that I've gone to participated in. Like I said, Catacomb was a blast. A little bit more my speed with something a little bit less. You know, thirty two thousand people. Yeah, uh, like five hundred maybe on a good day. That's yeah, a little yeah, different. But yeah, it's yeah. a different vibe. And it's good though because you can have that. Like you're ta- you guys were talking about, you can have that one on one with people. You can have that uh, that connection with people. Whereas not nothing against Gen Con. I mean, it's it's what it is. It's the big thing for a reason. But you go to something like Gen Con, and it's like there's so much. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of in- intimidating. Um, but yeah, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to UConn this weekend. Actually, that's in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Um, I'm going out there on Saturday. My one buddy is running some uh, Walking Dead games. I'm going to play one of those, and I'm playing in a um, just you know regular D and D type thing. Is that that the uh, new actual free league Walking Dead? Yeah, the new okay. yeah the new uh, the new system. Yeah, we just got that for a review. I think Caleb's going to be working on that for us. Oh, cool, cool. I'll have to let you know uh, how it goes when yeah. I play it then, because uh, I haven't played it before. Um, he's run it just like at home and stuff, but he hasn't run it like in a con type setting. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, cons are cool because they, they give you a chance to, especially nowadays where we're all dealing with like zoom meetings and the post COVID world, mm-hmm. it gives you a chance to get active, it gives you a chance to get around a table with people yeah. again and, you know, get what I like to do RPGs for, you know, besides telling the story, of course, is to actually interact with people and make those connections with people and have an experience with people. It's just so different. Mm-hmm. And you guys both know, and I'm, I'm sure most people watching would know too. It's like when you're sitting around a table with each other and you have those vibes feeding off of each other, it's just so different than over a screen yeah. or over a play by post or something. Playing on zoom is so much better than I thought it would be. Well, sure. Yeah. But it is still not, playing at a table there's there's just there's something about that that is still special to me again maybe mm-hmm. it could be my age or my experience but 100 percent, i agree like, i do love playing over zoom but one-to-one i'll take an in-person game every time over zoom oh yeah oh, for sure. sure for sure but uh yeah so i'm looking forward to, to doing that and uh i know next year i'm doing a bunch of different cons and stuff uh we're getting those all set up because of uh the one channel that i'm on lanata turner uh, we have a whole bunch of the books are actually coming out. And so we're going to be going around, have me run some stuff for that. So that's going to be a real oh, blast. Nice. That'll be a different experience, like running stuff at a con. Um, when I went to a catacon, I ran a few things, but this will be like running the whole time. You know, like I'm there to be a GM. So it'll be, I think it'll be a much different experience than, um, you know, you're there to enjoy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be just as fun, but I hope so. But, well, but usually next year. when we do our Gen Con recaps, almost every time, in fact, I think every time when I come to like, what was my favorite thing I did at Gen Con, it's pretty much always something I ran. Mm. I absolutely run, love running events at, at Gen Con. I usually do a panel there and I usually run a Scooby-Doo Dread. Like those are the two things nice. that I normally run. It, it'll be Star Wars Dread going forward. Uh, I absolutely love running at conventions. Uh, I nice. my, my thing, and this is for everyone, write a really good description of what you're offering so mm-hmm. that people know what they're signing up for. You know, I, I, I don't want anyone to come to my table and think they're going to be playing like a tactical game with like minis, right? Because that's, they're just not the right person for the type of game I run. So I think mm-hmm. I write pretty good descriptions. I try very hard to do that. So I almost pretty much have always gotten someone who knows what they're in for and they're the right people for that game. Uh, so it's yeah. just, it works out very, very well. Plus, Dread is just it's an easy game to run at a convention. It does all the hard lifting. And people love Scooby-Doo. So, it, you know, I, I've, and I've ran a few 5e games. Like, I've ran several, like, how to learn how to play 5e. Uh, and those have gone very well. So, I think you'll have a blast. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure I will. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's going to be cool. I, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting out there and, uh, you know, seeing people again. And, uh, you know, <laughs> doing that. Yeah. Doing that approach. So, it'll be good. Cool. Well, again, thank you for sharing, and hopefully we'll get yeah. you back to a catacon next year. If you do go to Gen Con, because I go to Gen Con every year, like there has to be something has to have gone wrong for me not to go. Knock on wood, I'll be there. But maybe we can meet up for. I don't drink, but if you do, I'll hang out. I'll have lunch together or something. Uh, maybe sure. we'll get Chris I, I back there this either, year. So there we go. We're a good company. That's right. T told her. But I've, we've got more to say about a catacon. Uh, there is a chance we may even have some announcements about next year by the time we record that one. So look for that in the future. But we will move on because people who don't care are really bored. So we're going to do our <laughs> next improv game, which is called Where Have My Fingers Been? This is an improv game where we will take turns again, prompting one another, this time to create a short scene that involves two finger putt people. 
finger puppet people, or three if you want to be froggy, uh, and basically just like a short interaction. Uh, it helps if they have a beginning, middle, and end to your story. I usually leave at least one of those out because I think it's funny. Uh, Kevin, again, you are the guest tonight, so you get to choose. Do you want to go first in terms of prompting Chris or I, or going first in terms of being prompted from Chris or I? Ooh, I will... Uh... Uh, I'll prompt one of you guys first. Right. I you guess. can choose either one you want, uh, but we have to sing the song. It's required. New oh, York yes. Tater uh, has decreed by law that we must sing the song every time, even though he's not here, unless he is and he's watching <laughs> from the wings to see if he needs to flip a table. Uh, so I guess so. Who are, who are you prompting? Because whoever you prompt has to sing the song. Uh, you know what? I, I interacted with Chris before. I will prompt you then. All right, here we Michael. go. Me, 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 me. <clears throat> where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Love it. Okay, your scene is you are a dungeon master and a player playing a game and there's no light in the room at all. So you have come to the end of your road. Seven years of real life and only six weeks of game times. Don't think about it. You are now here facing the lich and they cast a spell. Darkness. So to simulate this, I'm going to turn the lights out. Hmm. Click. Ah! What's going on? Is it, is this still part of the game? I can't breathe. Uh, should I should I call 911? I don't know what's going on. Roll perception. <gasps> I love this game. Me too. That's where my fingers have been. Yay. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it turned back at the end there. I was exactly. Really I, I wanted to go on a roller coaster. There's a lot yes. of emotion in that. All right. So since you prompt me to keep the, the train rolling, I will prompt Chris. Chris, please sing the song. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Your fingers are EMTs that are responding to a tragic accident at a gaming <laughs> convention. <laughs> nice. Wait, wait, what, which room are we supposed to be in? I, I, to be table not six. To be. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know. All right. Uh, we should. We should try to figure this out. All right. Uh, let's try this room. Uh, nope. This says one B. All right. So two B should be next to it, right? Nope. This says one C. So it should be the other way. Nope. That says uh, one Z. Maybe it's on the second floor. There is no second floor. I see nachos. <laughs> and that's where my fingers have been. Nice. Uh, excellent. <laughs> that All went right. on a roller coaster too. That was amazing. So Chris will prompt Kevin. Kevin, you must sing the song, please. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? All right. Uh, we'll keep the kind of convention theme going. Uh, you're a GM and your first player has walked up to the table. Uh, hi. Um, I've never run a game at a convention before. Oh, it's cool. I go to all the conventions. I can tell you how to run a game, but I won't because I'm a player. Um, great. Okay. Um, so, uh, I'm so new. Uh, which one of these things do I roll? Really? Oh, boy. All right, scoot over. Other people are coming. Um, uh, okay. Hi, welcome to the game. I'm your dungeon master. And that's where my fingers are. <laughs> Hey, I've been at that table. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, I've been at that table where I should have done that and didn't and regretted it later. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to move into cryptozoology. <laughs> this is the section of the show where we take a look at a monster, usually D&D, but not always, and talk about ways that maybe we have used this monster in the past if we have, uh, and then come up with some interesting ways that we could use this monster in the future. Kevin, you are the guest tonight. What monster did you bring for us to discuss? I decided to go with an oldie but a goodie. I decided to talk about gelatinous cubes. Yo. Bam! Got an image up and everything. That's the only thing I prepared for tonight. Nice. All right. Nice. So gelatinous cubes. So give us mm -hmm. the highlights here, Kev. What, what are we looking at here? Is uh, fifth edition, first edition, whatever you want to share. Tell us a little bit about it. So gelatinous cubes, kind of in all the editions, are basically giant... Uh, for lack of a better description, based on their name, giant cubes that are made out of like a jello kind of stuff. And uh, if mm, you get it within it, they, they, oh yeah, tell me about it. If you get within the gelatinous cube, it dissolves you basically in a number of rounds. And that's been different through the different uh, editions and everything. 
Um, what makes them really tricky is uh, in the newest edition, fifth edition, they're extremely hard to see. Like you have to, because they're like semi-clear. So you have to roll a really high perception roll to notice them, um, which is kind of how I, I have two stories. One is how I interacted with one and one is how I used one. So I'll start with how I interacted with one. I was playing in a game run by my good buddy and it was on roll 20 and we were going down the dungeon and we decided because I had the highest perception, I'm going to go in the front and I go down the hall and turn a corner and Boop. walked right into one. No, there was no check. There was nothing. I was just in a gelatinous cube made for a great cliffhanger, <laughs> but uh, we got my guy out of there and he didn't, he didn't get perished, but, uh, but yeah, they've been around for a long time. I mean, even to the point where they've been, parodied or uh, spoofed or whatever you want to call it in movies like uh, Onward or um, what's the other movie? I don't There's all kinds of movies, but they've been to the Dungeons and Dragons film yep. with Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in there. That's the one that they, you know, for those of you who watched it, you know, they snuck down below with their fingers sticking out. Um, That's pretty cool stuff. Which again, but, it's, it's using a gelatinous cube as a, like a trap or a skill challenge, not a combat, which I'm a fan of doing things like that. So I did mm-hmm. really appreciate that moment. Yeah, because I, that's actually the, the I've only interacted with them giant cubes uh, like three times in all the years I've been playing, and all three times they were done in like a it's a trap or it's something that's moving down the hall that you don't notice, and because the combat with them and this is going to be spoilers I'm going to ruin it for all you DMs out there, um, as you like slice them up, they start moving around and spreading and it gets really bad for your players. Um, so players don't slice them up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but it, it, I've always seen them. Yeah, they're like they're in a a, a portal or a, a doorway, and you can't see them, and you end up inside of them. Or you know, you're oh, it looks like the this is water. We got to swim down below. No, it's a gelatinous cube. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that I've seen. Yeah. So here's a real spoiler for the players. Uh, you'll really mess with your DM's plan. The thing about gelatinous cubes is that it's like one of those counterintuitive things. They're actually easier to destroy from the inside. So if mm-hmm. you fight one, jump straight in yeah. and then ask to roll initiative. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed success. Yeah. Yeah. Blown up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like we've read the wrong description. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or different descriptions. So I um so different I did put in I did put in chat up. favorite jello flavor if any of if either of you want to share. I am a fan of oh. orange. Jack thinks that's uh, an abomination, but orange is definitely the best. Lime, lime jello, buddy. So um I have not used a lot of, I have used slimes uh, and, and I think like black puddings are the two that I've used because again, I like the, how they divide when you hit them, uh, especially if you have newer players. Again, the first thing you do is swing a sword and now you got two. Uh, but a couple of times I have used gelatinous cubes. Uh, one was in a 10 foot pit in a dungeon. It was inside the pit. And again, if you can see from my artwork that certain things dissolve at different rates, flesh dissolves much faster than metal. Uh, and I think even some things don't dissolve at all. I don't remember the specifics. So it looked like there was some treasure at the bottom of this pit. So once they had discovered the pit and they'd opened it and they disarmed the trap, they're like, okay, well, I'll come down and get the treasure that's down there. And then of course they get into the pit which is the gelatinous cube, which is then very difficult to get out of because not only are you inside of it, but now you have to go up, which is harder because of gravity. Uh, and then the other time I did exactly the same thing, except I put the gelatinous cube on the ceiling, oh, waited yeah. till they got into the pit, and then it dropped on them. And so they were basically squished, crushed, and engulfed, and started to burn by acid. Uh, that's like the most creative that I've ever used them. Chris, have you that's ever like- played with or against? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kev. Oh, I was just saying that's like Gygax level yeah, that's, insidiousness right there. Yeah, it was it was a much younger Michael that did that. Uh, but Chris, <laughs> uh, any interactions with a gelatinous cube? Uh, I think the most memorable. I put him in the entrance to a, a little dungeon, so nice. you had to either fight your way through it or crawl your way through it. And one of the players went, "I have a better idea," and ran back to town and grabbed bags of salt and just started pouring it on there. And I'm like, I have no idea what that. What, what would salt do? It's like, well, it's just a giant cube. Wouldn't that just suck all the moisture out? I'm like, roll a die. And he rolled a d20 <laughs> and rolled a 20. I'm like, you watch it slowly get sucked <laughs> apart by this salt. I'm like, I, I really didn't know a good ruling. So I just did my usual roll a d20 and we'll see how it goes. Yep. Um, and after that, I really didn't use them much just because I was like, well, my plan was for you to have to kind of climb your way through it and whittle your resources down a little bit, but you outsmarted me. So now I have to outsmart <laughs> you. 
That's your it. character's dead. Why? Because I said so. Well, I shouldn't say outsmart you. I have to plan the story to be a little more twisting and, and think a little outside the box. Uh, that just, that taught me to kind of roll with the punches a little easier mm-hmm. too. Um, other than that, I really haven't used them much. It's one of those things that, like in your case, if, if you had dropped him down on me as a player and my character had died, I would have been upset because I'd be like, I had no way of avoiding that. Like there needs to be something I could, you know, make a check or roll a saving throw or something to get clear of it. Yeah. Um, I've played in a game where the GM's like, you know, you, you walk in a room, you know, roll a deck save. Okay. The ceiling collapses on you. Roll a new character. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, that sucked. Yeah. That's not it's fun. like, Hey, you, you fell into the trap. I'm like, that's just not fun. Like <laughs> I get that you made me roll a saving throw, but it should have just been, you know, okay. The ceiling collapses in your trap. Now what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not just straight die. Jack mentioned in chat that uh, he's playing a game where the hallway is surprisingly clean is sort of the yeah. indication that there might be uh, a gelatinous cube. I, I've seen that used before as like the, if the players understand what that might mean, they might be on the lookout for it. So there's a chance they won't, they won't just turn the corner and run into it. Um, so, so now the fun part of this yeah. conversation for me, at least is how could we use it in an interesting way that isn't a, sucker die situation. So Kevin, any thoughts on if you were going to put a, a gelatinous cube in a game you're running coming up, what, what might you do interestingly with it? Well, um, something that I did do in a game, um, is I, I was, I was running uh, Titan's grave. If it's a fantasy age, uh, setting, basically it's kind of like pseudo, uh, sci-fi. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, sci-fi meets fantasy. And there was a part where the heroes had to be in like a uh, an arena battle, and so I actually had columns that like parts of the columns were gelatinous cube like material, mm-hmm. and they were because it's sci fi they were like moving, so they had to fight stuff while there was like gelatinous cube beams, kind of like laser nets, I guess okay. you could say, mm-hmm. moving around, and they had to move in around that and everything, because um, you know to make it different, to make it unique to the setting. Um, cause I, it sounds like all three of the, the stories that we've talked about so far is you take them and you don't just stick them in a, in a, uh, hallway and have the people see them. You know, mm-hmm. there's, you drop from the ceiling, you, they're in the floor they're you know, whatever. So, um, that's, what's kind of fun about them, especially cause they're so hard to see if you can really put them in areas that would be enticing or maybe wouldn't even necessarily be a place where your players would think to go. You can really play with expectations that way, especially if they've played for a while and they know what they are. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Chris, any thoughts on how you could use one in the future? Um, I mean, I like the idea of at lower levels, you know, if I remember right, magic items don't get dissolved in it. So you could play up the whole, Hey, the king has got some sort of contest. The first person to get that magic sword gets it. And if a player is smart, you know, wait, it's just kind of suspended in the air. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to get it? The player is going to think about it and look, wait a minute. I'm going to try to figure out what's really going on and just give them clues and try to lead them down that path of, yep, this is what's going on. Now, how are you going to get it? And then I would throw other things in there, like, you know, a weighted hook and a rope, maybe you can drop it down into it and pull the magic item out or you know, throw Kevin's character in there and say, grab it and I'll pull you out real quick. Right. You yeah. know, whatever, whatever plan they want. I like doing that because it's a puzzle and I want to see how are they going to solve that puzzle to get that item. And at lower levels, a gelatinous cube can be pretty rough. Sure. So I, I think it'd be kind of fun to run it that way. Yeah. I think, um, like I, I always like to try to find a way to make the monster even you know, more like a trap or a skill check than than just like something you have to hit with a stick till it's dead. Uh, so maybe some sort of version where they have magical protection, like a limited, you know, acid resistant spell or item, and they have to ride in it, kind of like an elevator sort of things. Like they have to get in. That's the only way to get from point A to point B. And of course, maybe something happens where the spell wears off too early, or the gelatinous cube goes the wrong way, or maybe there's something else in the dungeon that then's like attacks the gelatinous cube while they're sitting inside of it. So like you add these other elements, but I like the idea of it being something they have to navigate through, not defeat. And I think, I feel like I mentioned this before, but there was a podcast I listened to like 10 years ago now where they had a, um, 
an encounter with like a just a super gigantic gelatinous cube is like, like a Godzilla sized one sort of thing. <laughs> and it was uh, essentially they were in like a tavern, I think, and the whole tavern was engulfed. And it basically became like a skill challenge where they had to like navigate through the tavern as it was dissolving, almost like a platform game, like a 2D oh, side scroller. Wow. Huh. And they just had to keep going up and up and up until they the, the Gladiance Cube had gone over. They had to get out. Basically, it became like a side-scroller skill challenge. And I just remember that was like That's a very bad. vivid description. Like I mean, again, it's been like 10 years. I still remember. I don't remember the name of the podcast, but I remember that encounter uh, was a really cool one. I've wanted to do something similar as well with that. Wow, something to steal right there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Whatever podcast that was, that's an awesome idea. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, it was that's amazing. Really, very cool. That. All right, so again, we'll throw it out to the audience, anybody who's listening now, if you're in chat, if you want to suggest some ways that you could use a gelatinous cube or if you have experienced them as Jack did and want to share some things you've done before, we'd love to hear it. If you're listening or watching this later, you can comment on the YouTube channel or email the show, therpgacademy at gmail.com. We'd appreciate that. Uh, but we're going to move now into our audience Q&A. So for those of you who are still hanging out with us, if you have any questions for us, makes sense if they're gaming related, but they don't have to be, but we do reserve the right to not answer any questions that we don't feel are appropriate or too personal. Uh, but I know there's a little bit of a delay. So we're, while we're waiting for any questions that might pop in, we'll go around the horn. Everybody can give their socials and plugs and we'll start with you, Kevin, where can people oh, find yeah. you? Where can they interact with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm Kevin and I can be found on all the different socials at Kev Rand games. Uh, I am the U S ambassador for Lanata Turna, which is a new grimdark fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons setting that is coming over from Italy. Uh, I run a channel. Uh, we have games every Friday, although right now we've got multiple games going on uh, set in this grimdark fantasy world. Uh, it's really cool. You can catch all of the old uh, episodes that we've done so far on the YouTube channel, and that's La Na Taterna. Um, I'll put it in the chat here so people get the spelling right, but it's really, really cool. It's a really cool setting, and I really love it. Um, but uh, other than that, I'm also on Wanderer's Haven, which is a uh, like a variety. We do a bunch of different games and stuff. I'll be actually uh, playing some stuff uh, this weekend. we got a holiday episode coming up, which is going to be Elves Die Hard, which will be really fun to play. And uh, yeah, it's I'm just staying busy, staying busy, all the different cool, fun stuff. So come hang out. All right. Well, I appreciate you giving us some of your time tonight. Thank you for hanging out with Thank us. You. Uh, Chris, yeah. where can people find you and where, where would you where would you want to send them? Uh, most of the time, just find me on the RPG Academy's Discord. Um, technically, I have Twitter and Blue Sky, but I just really don't use them much. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I don't like getting sucked down the rabbit hole to in arguments and stuff. So I check them about once every other day just to see if anybody sent me a message or if something happens to pop up on a few feeds that I do follow on a regular basis. Um, but otherwise the RPG Academy discord is the best place. You can also find me every other Thursday doing dragon Lance, or you can also find me every other Monday doing the smugglers blues, which is the continuation of the redemption story. Uh, this week got a little, little twist in the middle of it mm. and it was, it was fun. It went to. I thought one thing was going to happen, then another happened, and then we ended up back to what I thought was going to happen, and then we ended up. Nice. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was kind of an emotional roller coaster, which, I mean, the three of us are kind of known for doing that. So, <laughs> um, and again, those do those do get basically archived on YouTube, so if people don't see them Correct. live, they can't go back and watch them, right? Yep, yep. Just look for Smugglers Blues. I think it's just a continuation of Redemption or Redemption Story. I forget. It's not in front of me, so I'm not going to remember it. Okay. Uh, Kev, if you put in a URL, the chat blocked that. So if you want to put it back in, oh, cool. but don't actually put .com or .org, that way oh, people can okay. see it. I just have those settings set up, and I don't even know how to fix it. So it. That's cool. I just... Uh, on your screen... I got the spelling on there. It's fine. Okay. I, I just... Because your, yeah, your screen will show it. My screen is just .dot .dot yeah. .dot. So it, it didn't... Uh, dot, dot, yeah, no one dot. else would have seen that. All right, uh, have you guys ever seen dot, 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 that YouTube video <laughs> with the Axeman 13? Go check it out. It's hilarious. It's somebody wrote a really bad review, and they have a, like a really epic voice announcer guy reading the review with the misspelling, and it is 
hilarious. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 absolutely. Uh, so again, as far as myself, you can find me at the RPG Academy, pretty much anywhere you search if you find that it's me. I am still active on Twitter, but not for much longer. I plan on moving to Blue Sky, but even there, I'm not going to be that active. I'm, I'm kind of stepping away. So Discord is the best way to find me. I'm very active there. Also Facebook. I, I kind of hate Facebook, but it works really well for what we're using it for. So if you want to join the Facebook uh, or the Discord, that would be the best way to find me. You can email the show, of course, at the RPG Academy at gmail.com. And uh, we do this show every other Wednesday. And then we also have a show called The Sample Adventures that we're going to get started back now that we're post a catacon. Uh, we are lining up a special guest GM for the Star Trek Adventures game. And we are going to try, the current plan is to do a original series, Spock, Kirk, Bones, Scotty, yeah. uh, you know, the, the whole nine uh, with some really deep characterizations or as best we can do because I can't do voices. Uh, that one is going to be a ton of fun, but we are always looking for new games for that show. The idea there is that we play a game we've never played before using the provided sample adventure, either in like a starter set, the core guide or campaign setting. So if you have a game that has a sample adventure or you just love a game that has a sample adventure, send it our way. Uh, we will put it on the list. We still have, I think we've done like 20 of these now. We have like 40 50 more on a list that we're working through. Uh, they're a ton of fun. Hopefully you'll enjoy them. Again, they are streamed live and then they are archived on YouTube as well as audio only. Uh, but that will do it for us tonight, folks. Thank you all for being here. Jack, uh, Kevin, obviously, Scurvy Knave, and then Wanderers Home checking in as well. Uh, and we will sign off as we always do by saying, if you're having fun, fun, you're, you're doing, doing it, it right. right. That's it. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you.